so this year has been a little um, interesting. I don't know how your year has been. So at the first of it, you know, everybody starts making their plans. You know, it's like when you sit down, you do your budget. And it's like, okay, here are all the mistakes that are allowed to happen this year. I've budgeted for them. And then four times as many mistakes show up. Um, so when we make plans, things don't usually go according uh, to those plans. Um, we had a very interesting uh, experience when the tornado came through. You know, none of us went to bed expecting to wake up that next morning. I woke up the next morning, still didn't expect what, what happened. So we started this whirlwind of activity on the community experiencing a, a loss and a hurt, and then y'all chipping in and being amazing, you know, and this church being a, an opportunity uh, to meet the needs of some people. And then right on the tail end of that, we've got coronavirus that's spread across the nation and the whole world and businesses are shut down and we start going to live streaming. Not to mention all the stress and then the anxiety of, you know, custody of kids, families feeling stress, financial strain, heartbreak, turmoil. And now we turn on the news and we've got protesting and rioting. I do want to point out the fact that those two things are separate, by the way. And so, like, no matter where you turn this year, it's just like, notice that the murder hornets were just like, meh, we're good. <laughs> we'll come back later. I can see that y'all are busy. We'll, we'll come back later. And now, this week, you know, our senior pastor of 15 years decides to resign. So it's like, well... Is there anything else? And we never say, well, it could never get any worse, because, oh. <laughs> yeah. I've always said, like, you know, I'm never doing so bad that I don't have the ability to make it worse. So, like, we can always, it could always be worse than it is right now. But I do want to point out the fact that this has been a stressful year for everybody. And in the South, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's like, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you holding up? We're great. It's like, we're not. We're stressed out, we're not sleeping, we're not eating right, we're going to fast food way more than we need to, we're not working out enough. Every, all this stuff is on our shoulders pushing us down and we don't have a tremendous amount of tools that are adding strength back into our life. So what we're doing is just like being crushed down and crushed down and crushed down and crushed down. It's like, how you feeling? Never better. <laughs> it's like, oh, we lie so well. Um, going through this, this next season, whatever this next season is, because who knows what June looks like? <laughs> we make plans, but plans never turn out quite the way that we were expecting. Um, the, the deacon board is elected to, to put me in as interim pastor. And so I just wanted to say a few things about that specifically before we talk about what we're going to actually talk about today. Um, I know that this is a stressful time for the church. Not just our church, across the street, downtown, back roads. It's a stressful time for, for everybody. Um, I don't think that I have every solution to every problem that has ever come across our path. I don't have many solutions to some small problems that I've got on my, you know, my living room table, much less huge solutions. But uh, I know that I am not worthy to sit on this stage. 
I know that my gifts don't make, or any sacrifices that I've ever given for this church does not make me deserve this position at all. It is a calling and it is a gifting from the Lord. And so while I'm in this position, I want to promise you that I will lead as best I know how, knowing that I'm a frail human being. Know that I ask opinions from a lot of people with like, help. And everybody in this church is like, I got this. What do you need help with? We, are, we have strong shoulders in this church. And the second that things like, ooh, this is chaotic, everybody was like, we got it. Thank you all so much. It's not my desire. Yeah, give yourself a hand. Oh, thank you. I love you too. Um, it's uh, <laughs> any discussion? All in favor? Um, it is not my desire to run off, you know, 20 years ahead of everybody and just go, I know all the things. Follow me into the desert. I don't know what city we're headed to, but I do know the direction. And just like Abraham, that we pack up our, our tent one day and we start following after the Holy Spirit. Where are we going? I have no idea where we're going, but I know what it looks like. We'll know it when we get there, and it's for loving the people in our community. It's for caring and for providing for the people in this church. It's for giving sacrificially. It's for bringing the kingdom of God from heaven down into earth. That's what it looks like. So that's where we're headed. Um, and I can't get there without y'all. Because it's just like, I, I don't run very well. I don't walk very far. We can go as a crew or else we're not going to get there. I do want to say that this place, this church, has seemed like it has, a, has had a calling and a destiny on it as being a place of healing forever. So the whole time that I've been here, people have come in here with their lives that are broken and falling apart. And this church has loved them back into stable ground. Now, are we perfect? <laughs> Not even on our best day. But this place is a place of healing. And we're going to continue to be a place of healing. But why is there a reason for us to be a place of healing? Well, we need a place of healing because we all go through our lives and we get hurt over and over and over. I want to affirm the fact that you're not making stuff up in your head. You've been passed over. You've been neglected. There are times in your life that you've been abandoned, that you put your faith, you put your hopes in one thing, and then all of a sudden the opposite happens. You've had people that have been the closest in the world to you stab you in the back. Your parents have fallen short. Your spouses have fallen short. Your kids haven't loved you the way that they needed to. The world is crazy. And any time that we have an interaction with that pain, it, it creates a wound. And just like in the natural, like if I cut my hand and I don't pay attention to the cut on that hand, it has the potential, doesn't always, but it has the potential to set up an infection. Well, on the outside, that cut, that wound might seem fine, but that poison starts leaching its way into our body. And these emotional, mental, relational, spiritual wounds that we experience just in the normal course of doing life. You know, even if the other person doesn't intend to hurt me, you say something or you, you don't say something, and you're like, ooh, ooh, that one hit. Or like, how many times have we joked around with each other? And then you say something that's like, 
You know, it's like, you okay? I'm fine. You know, and it, and it hits, it gets beneath that armor. Or you're tired. Or you haven't eaten lunch. And something happens and all of a sudden it gets behind your defenses and causes a wound. Well, this month we're going to talk about how, how we can handle that stuff. Our goal is to take steps from where we are now towards being healthier. It's not the goal for us to all of a sudden magically at the end of the month like, oh, I'm completely healthy. My relationships are healthy. My mind's healthy. My body's healthy. We can't get there tomorrow. But what we can do today is start taking steps towards that direction. The first tool that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about today, is the tool of forgiveness. Everybody talks about how we all need to be forgiving. Um, the Bible talks about, you know, incessantly that we all need to be forgiven or be forgiving. But one of the funny things is like there's no step-by-step process on actually how to do that. It's like you guys need to, to keep your checkbook balanced. It's like, okay. Well, what does that mean? It's like, I don't know, but you should do it. So we're going to walk through not overcomplicating this process of forgiveness. But the first thing we have to start off is like, why? Why is it important? You know, somebody hurts us. Somebody leaves us. Somebody says stuff. Somebody betrays a secret. Somebody does says something or doesn't do or doesn't say something that cuts us deep. And then it's like, the Holy Spirit's like, you need to forgive them. It's like, you need to keep your mouth shut. You don't know the pain that I'm experiencing right now. Or a friend comes to you and you're like, hey, do you think after 30 years it might be a good time to let that go? It's like, back off. Notice how I didn't ask your opinion on this? We've got this, this pain going on in our hearts. And we either ignore it, we act like it's not there, or we justify it. You don't know what they did to me. It's probably true. But the reason why we forgive is not necessarily for that other person. It is. There is an aspect of it that you set them free from maybe the worst mistake that they've ever made in their lives. But one of the reasons why we forgive is when we get wounded, we get trapped in time. Have you ever noticed that? When you go through a traumatic experience, when you get a wound, your mind gets locked up. Have you ever run into somebody like 40 years later and it's like, how you doing? It's like, well, those people never should have fired me. Who? Like, you know who. You know, people just are stuck. You know, remember like the Hatfield and the McCoys. <laughs> who did what? I don't know, but it was their fault. People get trapped in whatever wound that, the, that they've experienced. And if you don't get over that stuff, you get locked into time. It also locks you into whatever maturity state that you're in. So we have a lot of adults that are walking around acting like they're mature, and they're really reliving stuff that happened to them in junior high. They're living through their stuff. Have you ever noticed that somebody's like, you know, maybe on, a, on another marriage or another friendship, and it's like, oh, wow, the same mistakes pop right back up. Because when we get hurt, when we get wounded, and we don't deal with that hurt, we don't, we don't deal with that wound, we pick up all of this poison, and we just walk it around to the next friendship. And it's like, well, you're probably going to do the same, and we just dump all that poison into the next friendship. And then we're like, no one wants to be my friend. It's like, it's because you're venomous. <laughs> like you're hurting the people that you're around. But we think that we're shackled under this burden of like, man, I'm just trying to make it the best as I can. It's like, 
Yeah, but you're trying to swim with like dumbbells. If you can walk through the process of forgiving, and I'm, I'm saying it's a process. It doesn't happen like, oh, I forgive this person, all of a sudden I'm fine. You start a process just the same way that we deal with physical health. I don't wake up one day in the McDonald's you know, drive-through and just go, oh, I am making poor decisions. By the way, have you ever gotten recognized at the McDonald's drive-through? Like, hey, Justin. It's like, oh, gosh. I don't, I, I'm going to say hi to you in a normal uh, every day. Here, I'm not happy about my decisions. I don't want to make eye contact. I want to hand you my money. I want you to hand me my food. And I want to go on with this. So if you see me at McDonald's and I've got like, you know, my shades on and a mask up, it's not you, it's me. I'm embarrassed. But like, I don't wake up in the McDonald's, you know, drive through line and go, all right, I need to be healthy by dinner time. Go. No, it's a process. You start the process and you get there. It is ridiculous to think that we all walk around, that our nation walks around just like, man, if I can just be trapped in time, if I could just never mature, that'd be great. I'd love that. It's like, no, we get hoodwinked. The enemy brings it up in your mind. Have you ever like been driving around and, and you can't even think because of the volume of your thoughts? of all the people or this person specifically that's hurt you, that's wounded you. Like, you know, 20 years later, it's like, have you thought about this person? It's like, no, but I still hate them. Or been in conversation about somebody and then all of a sudden, like, whoo, I didn't realize that I was still quite that passionate about it. It's like, I need to forgive them. Okay, so forgiveness. We do not need to overcomplicate this, Okay. The reason why there's no books on telling you how to fall in love is because you were built to fall in love. It is a spiritual genetic program that you love effectively. It is a spiritual genetic programming in your DNA that you forgive well. All right? So we need to remind ourselves that even though that this is hard and it is complicated, you were born for this. All right? So our culture will first try to distract you from dealing with your pain. All right? How you doing? I'm fine. Are you over it? Yeah, I'm over it. We, get, we, we are rewarded in our culture for lying about how bad we're doing. So step one, Liz, if you could be so gracious, is you need to be honest. This is one of the hardest things. The rest of it just falls into place. This is the thing that we have a hard time with. You need to be honest about who hurt you and what they did. What were you owed that you didn't receive? You know, all of our parents fell short of God's calling for their lives. We, we live in a broken world. Our parents weren't perfect. So our, our father and or mother did or did not do something that they were or were not supposed to. And it left a wound in us. And we can justify that of like, well, they had five jobs. Well, they had an addiction problem. Or they had this. Or this was going on. We can justify it out. But what we need to do, is, like we're feeling that pain anyways, what we need to do is open up that bandage, that band-aid that we keep on trying to stick on things, and we need to experience what caused that hurt. Mom... You were supposed to be there for me and you weren't. Dad, you were supposed to protect me 
and you sent me over to this idiot's house that hurt me. You owed me protection and you weren't there for me when I needed you the best. Friend, you were supposed to keep a secret. And instead, you blabbed about it. You owed me confidentiality. And you didn't do that to me. Go through. Be honest about what that feels like. Be hurt. Be angry. Experience what that hurt is like. Listen close to it. Listen close to what your voice sounds like when, when certain people get mentioned. So we can hear that there's pain in there. All right? So step one is you've got to be honest. First step with your pain. Everybody that's walked through a 12-step program that knows that that's the first step. I have to realize that my life is a mess. And I don't have the ability to bring my life back into control. That's the first step. Admit that something's wrong. You need to be honest with what you're dealing with. You need to be okay with feeling hurt, feeling anger, feeling sadness. Because as long as we, we try to ride on top of those emotions and ignore it, we never deal with the problem. And your healing will only manifest to the depth that you're willing to be honest, okay? So step two, you need to be specific. You don't need to just go, I forgive everybody that ever hurt me. It doesn't work like that. In order for your bank to forgive the debt of your mortgage or your car, they put you with a little number. And that little number keeps track of all of your other numbers. The bank is exceedingly specific in what you owe, how often you need to pay them, and at what date that you're freed from that debt. The bank is very specific. So the bank gets paid. If the bank was just like, eh, just do what you can, that bank is going to go bankrupt. George Bailey's business does not work right now. <laughs> You've got to be specific on the debt that was owed to you. All right? Dad, you owed me this laundry list of things. And you fell short, regardless of the, the reason. If they meant to, that's one thing. If they didn't mean to, that's another thing. But regardless, that debt has been accrued. Spell it out. I always say that doing it, or, well, no, get ahead of myself. If you can write this stuff down, it will be very helpful. Because have you ever been thinking about something and, you know, a different song comes on the radio and you're like, oh, you know, write it down. That pain that you're experiencing, write a letter that, to that person. Detail out all the stuff. And if you can make it physical, that would be best. Step three, you need to just take the step. We're not going to overcomplicate this. We are going to take a step. It might be one step among a thousand that you have to take in order for you to finally get to, you know, this forgiveness healing. But the same way like health. You know, I don't become instantly healthy. I don't instantly forgive for the most part. Sometimes you're in the right state of mind. Everything's moving right. The Holy Spirit's tangibly in the room and you can lay down a burden and it's gone. But most of the time, for the rest of us normal people, you have to take a step and you forgive them. And then you wake up the next day and it's like, all right, we got to forgive them again. And we got to forgive them again. It's this process that you are walking out of your valley up on top of the mountain. You don't get there immediately. But the thing that we do is we take that first step. You communicate that hurt. 
you list out what was owed and that you forgive them regardless. If you can do it in person, great. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes it would cause more damage to do that in person. Sometimes they've passed away. Sometimes it's the government. And they're like, who do I go talk to in the government? You go find some you know, government worker and it's like, I need an hour of your time and I need to ridicule you. If you can do it in person, great. If you can't do it in person, do it in writing. If you can't do that, verbalize it. If you can't do that, do it mentally. As a last resort, do it mentally. If you can say it out loud, oh, that's incredible. If you can write it down, whatever your, your method of communication is, you need to take that step to communicate, I was hurt. This is what you owed me, and you fell short. However, I forgive you. Do you forgive them because they are worthy of that forgiveness? No. <laughs> no. They might be a monster. You're not worthy of forgiveness. Neither am I. You know, if I want other people to forgive me, I've got to be okay to forgive other people. We release revenge or retribution. I'm not going to make you pay the debt that you owe me. We release the possibility of slander or sabotage. I'm not going to forgive you and now spend the next five years working to mess up your character. You know, if you still work with the person and then you're like, I'm going to take one paperclip. That revenge, we release that debt. Step four is you rinse and you repeat. Same thing like your shampoo. Do it over and over and over again. How many times do you need to brush your teeth? Multiple times a day. How many times do you need to forgive? As often as you need to forgive. This is the process of the rest of our life. This, if we don't get this whole forgiveness thing down, we don't get the rest of our emotional, mental, relational, or physical healing. Have you ever noticed that somebody that's like bitter and twisted and angry all the time, that their health plummets? You can't divorce any one area of our life and have it not affect the rest of us. We are a whole person. And when we mess it in one area, all the other areas of our life suffer. But the good thing is, like, if we get it right in one area, it has a synergistic effect of raising up the health of the rest of the areas of our life that we'll get into later. Um, I want to kind of paraphrase a story in the Bible. It's Matthew 18. This is one of those things that we'll be reminding you of this this week. When you get home, read Matthew 18. Starting in verse 21, Jesus is telling this parable of a guy that owed this huge debt, some astronomical debt. And the king or the landlord, depending on the translation, grabs a hold of this person and says, um, you need to pay me your debt. And the guy goes, well, I don't have it to pay. Please don't throw me in jail. Have mercy on me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was 18 when I signed that piece of paper. I didn't know what I was doing. I was an idiot. Now I'm shackled with all this debt. Please, 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 would you forgive me? So this king or this landlord, this you know, business owner, forgives this servant this huge debt. It's like, there's no way that you can. I know what you get paid. There's no way that you can pay this. I, as a righteous king, wipe the slate clean. It's like, thank you so much. Imagine if your bank showed up tomorrow and was like, eh, don't worry about it. How thankful would you be? But then this guy 
went outside, found somebody that owed him $5, said they grabbed him by the neck, was like, pay me what you owe me. It's like, I'm so sorry. I don't have it. Uh, I can get you $5 next week. I'm so sorry. And the guy was like, nope, you're going to jail because you owe a debt to me. So threw him in a debtor's prison. Well, eventually the king found out what his servant did and was like, remember that huge debt that I forgave you and that you were extracting, trying to extract payment out of somebody that owed you $5? So the righteous king threw that servant into jail. It said, like the actual Greek word is, threw him to the tormentors until he should pay every dime that he was owed. And this is like, it's a good parable. It's a nice story. But in verse 35, Jesus is saying, so my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. It's like, what? What did the king do? He threw that man to the tormentors. And Jesus said, so my heavenly father will do to you. It's like, oh, but, but Jesus, we got that, that good God now though. We got that nice one. <laughs> like, it's like, I love you. We got hippie God now. What do you mean he's going to throw us to the tormentors? If I refuse to forgive from my heart my brothers and sisters, I get thrown into a world of torment. And so how do I get out of that world of torment? Well, I have the ability to forgive other people. Is that $5 that that person owes me worth not them getting thrown into jail, me getting thrown into jail? You know how like you get bitter at somebody and it's like, I'm going to spend the next 30 years being mad at you and they don't lose one night of sleep. Meanwhile, you're throwing your entire life to the tormentors because you refuse to let this go. We, we need some aftercare in processing through this, this act of forgiveness. This is one of the most powerful tools in the Christian's life. This is not standing on top of some mountaintop with like anointing oil, like screaming in tongues with like angels manifesting. That stuff isn't the powerful stuff. The powerful stuff is our ability to forgive. Because what it means is that I have had an, an encounter with the Lord. I know how much I have been forgiven. I've got tons of scriptures that say we need to be forgiving as we are forgiven. When I stand praying, forgive. If anybody has a debt that they owe me, forgive them. If I have a debt that's, that I owe somebody else, be proactive and go ask for forgiveness. Hey, I know that I messed you up. I messed your family up. I talked about you behind your back. I called you fat. I called you ugly. Said that your breath smelled funny. I'm so sorry. I did this. Will you please forgive me? They have the ability to go, no, I hate you. It's like, okay, well, fine. What we, are, what we are going to do as a healthy people, we are going to be active in us giving forgiveness and we are going to be proactive in us asking other people, hey, I messed this up, will you forgive me? In order for us to do that, I have got to be aware of what the Holy Spirit has done in my life. He has wiped the slate clean. We have forgiveness that he's not holding a debt against us. Let that sink in. That is, that's the gospel. When we say that this is good news, Cody, if you can go ahead and come on up. We are, we've got communion elements that are in front of us. 
I want us to remember what the gospel says. That even though your sins were as scarlet, behold, make you white as snow. As if you've never made a mistake in your life. So the Father is not holding our sins against us. So no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did this morning, no matter what you're coming in with, the Father has made a decree towards you that he's going to forgive you. Just off the top. Now we, in response to that, forgive others. At a, at, not to earn forgiveness from heaven. Forgiveness from heaven is given to us. And as a response, we forgive those in our lives. If you can, go ahead and grab, oh, I need, Miss Nona Sue, might I share communion with you? I'll grab one of those. Notice that the forgiveness of our sins wasn't cheap. The, the price that was paid to purchase my sins, to forgive my debt, cost Jesus his life. When you forgive, it's not cheap. I know what it costs you to forgive. It's, it's not an easy thing. So can we take a second right now and can we be proactive? Say, Holy Spirit, who is it that I need to forgive? If you need to forgive a boss, if you need to forgive a spouse, you need to forgive a parent or a kid, somebody that took advantage of you and abused you. Remember, it's what we say all the time that when you forgive somebody, it is not saying that what they did was right at all. But it is just saying that you are choosing not to define your life by your hurt. I'm not defining my identity by the worst thing that ever happened to me. Think about that person that you are frustrated with, that you are hurt by. Just let their face pop into your head. What did they owe you that they didn't meet? Did they owe you protection and they took advantage of you? Did they owe you safety and instead you were abused? Did your father owe you provision and he ran off? Did your spouse owe you faithfulness and they cheated on you? So you might need to do this later on today or later on this week, but we're going to take a step here. And if you want to whisper it under your breath, if you want to get a piece of notebook paper out, if you want to get your phone out, Say, this person owed me this. And they whiffed it. Whether they meant to or not, they, they fell short. And I was hurt. And so we just say, so-and-so, whoever you are, you were supposed to provide. Fill in the blank. And you failed me. God sent you into my life to give me something good and instead you wounded me. It might have stabbed you in the back. It might have whispered lies about you. It might have whispered the truth about you. 
What happens if you're looking at yourself in the mirror? And you can look at your own self and say, you were supposed to be better than you were. And you failed yourself. You fell short of what you thought you could be. So we take all of that stuff. Imagine all that stuff is being piled into a cup. So regardless of the reasons why this hurt happened, I forgive you of hurting me, of neglecting me, of abusing me, of abandoning me, of lying about me, on cheating for me. I forgive you, not because you deserve it or not what you did was right, but because I have been forgiven of much, I forgive you. I choose to not define myself or you based on this hurt or this wound. And how about this? Can we say, Holy Spirit, will you come and you bring healing to me? Because there is a kid in my heart that was hurt that needs to be healed. And I'm tired of putting band-aids on this pain, thinking if I can ignore it long enough, it'll go away. Do we have the ability to be proactive and apologize for racial thoughts, for racial prejudice? Can we be proactive and go reach out to the poor because you've always thought that they were a little bit dirty? Can we be proactive and reach out to our neighbors that keep on having their trees fall on our part of the property? Father, I have been forgiven of much. I want to forgive others and I want to be quick to ask for forgiveness when I mess it up. So Holy Spirit, I pray for a transformation this month, today. Oh, Father, let sails be knit back together so that wind can fill them again. Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would send water to our wells that have run dry. Father, I have poisoned my own watering holes. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for allowing this bitterness and this anxiety, this hurt and and irritation and frustration to poison the flow of life in in my own life. Father, I want to be set free from all the pain and all the wounds that have defined me for so many years, and I want it to be done. Holy Spirit, we ask for freedom in the name of Jesus. And with that in mind, we turn to the Lord's table and we want to receive this communion. Knowing the price that it paid to purchase my freedom for this, but not once have you ever held that against me. You've never ridiculed me. You've never thought that It'd be a whole lot better if I'd work a little bit harder for my forgiveness. Father, we are thankful that we have an open invitation to a large banquet table. That no matter what we've done, the slate's been washed clean. Father, help us live in accordance with that truth. Father, we wanna bury all this stuff in the past. I wanna bury that old person in the past. I want to bury that old rejection in the past. I want to bury that old wound in the past. Because what I'm about to walk into, that next season, that new garden, that new relationship that I'm about to walk into does not deserve the baggage from a previous relationship, a previous garden, a previous life. 
Though my sins may be as scarlet, behold, I make everything white as snow. Might not be a bad idea to send somebody a text today, give somebody a call, write somebody a letter if you can, say, hey, I forgive you. In closing, I do want to point out the fact that forgiveness does not mean restoration. Just because you have forgiven an abuser in your life does not, need to mean, does not mean that you need to go move back in with them. Just because you've forgiven an abuser does not mean that you need to welcome them, their poison back into your life. You know, a lot of times it's, it's healthy that we create these boundaries of like, yeah, I forgive you. I'm not holding that against you. You want to go get coffee? No. <laughs> No, I don't want to go get coffee with you. This is a process. We're going to do that today. And then when you get in your car, you might have to do it again. And when you get home, you might have to do it again. Let's all stand up. Proverbs 17:9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. And dwelling on it separates close friends. Proverbs 10, 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers a multitude of sins. Matthew 6 in the Lord's Prayer. And Father, forgive our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I want everybody just to reach up and put a hand on your chest. Holy Spirit, we pray for our family today. God, Holy Spirit, that you would bring power into our lives not the power to necessarily pull people up out of a, of a graveyard, but instead the power to forgive today. Holy Spirit, this is not us struggling and, and doing the best that we can do on our own power. This is not about us white knuckling through life, trying to impress everybody with our spiritual acumen, but instead, Holy Spirit, that we would have an encounter with your forgiving power and let that flow through our lives. Oh, and as that river flows through our lives, Lord, let it bring healing. Let it bring provision. Father, everything that I've ever needed has been dammed up behind that unforgiveness. And Lord, we, we want those waters to flow free into our garden again. Anything that anybody ever owed us in the past, God, we want to walk through a process of forgiving them and getting set free from that garbage. Father, I pray that you would give us all a radical uh, impartation of humility today, that we have the ability to go up to other people that we've wronged and ask for forgiveness quickly. God, we lift up our community to you, God. We ask that you would move in power in us, God, that you would allow peacemakers to arise in our family and be spread out into our community and into our world to bring peace where there's chaos. Father, that you would allow healers to spread out in, from our community into the world and bring healing where there was wounding. Father, not because we're amazing and not because we're smart and we're strong, but Holy Spirit, because you are powerful and we serve a mighty, mighty God that has great plans, not only for us, but also our entire community. Father, we bless you. We bless you today. Father, we need help. 
uh, give me the ability to turn off social media. Father, bring us into a season of health like we've never experienced before. Set us free in Jesus' name. Amen.